Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live, now available in audio-only format. Before we get to the show, just want to remind you that you can catch the Falcoholic Live live on YouTube at 8.10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday nights. And if you're interested, we also have a post-game show that goes live right after the games on Sunday or whatever date happens to be played. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and we hope to see you on YouTube if you're available. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Live's Week 12 post-game show, Falcons vs. Raiders. It was a uh, an interesting game today. The Falcons put on a show on defense for the first time in, man, it's certainly as long as I can remember, uh, thoroughly thoroughly dominating the Raiders on route to a 43 to 6 win. So it's a 34 point margin of victory. Uh totally redonkulous win. Uh obviously a really fun game. It started off super slow as you guys know, but uh over the course of the game the Raiders just kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again until this game got so far out of hand that they put their backup quarterback in in the fourth with like nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter they were basically playing their backups like um i mean this is the most dominant falcons game i've seen in recent memory i mean even more so than that vikings game where the falcons basically allowed the vikings almost to come back obviously they 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 weren't really that close but um like even more so than that um yeah, I mean, it, a pretty crazy game overall. I uh, I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, the defense just came out firing on all cylinders. They they helped they helped the the Raiders destroy themselves uh, with those. I mean, the Raiders were. I mean, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was really sloppy with the football. Um, I mean, he, Josh Jacobs alone fumbled what three times, and then uh, Derek Carr was the other fumble. So. You know, that's four fumbles. Uh, Deion Jones had the pick six. I mean, it, it, there's no way you, you win football games when you're when you're turning the ball over five times. And, like, Matt Ryan's one pick in this game, I mean, it was kind of a freak play. Like, it, it, it bounced out, hit, you know, Hayden Hurst right in the, the pads and just kind of bounced up in the air, and Abram came away with it. So, like, Falcons won the turnover margin by four, which is still a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was... I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, uh... Look, Oakland is not exactly like I, I said this on Wednesday's show, right? That this statistically, this is actually this was actually a fairly evenly matched game. I mean, overall, the the Raiders were more impressive in a couple of key areas, but it it wasn't by a whole lot. Um, and like you know, I thought the Raiders' ability on third down—they were the number one third down offense going into this game—would make more of a difference. It did not. Uh, they were pretty bad on third down, and the Falcons, on the other hand, I mean, they—they they really weren't that great on offense. I mean, they did like you're going to look at 43 points. 
and think like, oh my gosh, the Falcons were just this dominant offensive team today. And it, like, it wasn't really that good. I mean, they, they certainly did have those two red zone touchdowns. Um, they were helped a lot by the Raiders screwing up. I mean, uh, one of them was directly due to roughing the kicker uh, after Koo had actually missed the kick. Um, you know, the other one was legit pretty good uh, drive. Um, but, like, the Falcons had so many opportunities to score. It's almost like they like this was, a, like, an, a mediocre to average day, and they still came away <laughs> with, like, a 43-point win. So it's hard to say, like, oh, they won by 34 points. Like, that's not a great offensive day. But, like, at the end of the day, it really wasn't that great enough of an offensive performance. And, like, I'm sure if those are – if you guys are on Twitter, you saw my – interchange with with Falcons uh, reporter Kelsey Conway um, and I'm gonna get to that uh, because I was pretty offended by that and I, I do want to say something about it um, but yeah I mean it, it just a weird game overall uh, and we will have Adnan Ikech joining us uh, soon I know he said he was gonna be here in just a little bit so uh, just give him a few minutes folks while we get in here um, we do have a donation, $5 from George Costanza, uh, show benefactor. Again, George, thank you so much for your support, brother. We really appreciate that. Uh, George says, the schizophrenic fucking team. It's almost like we're a talented team who is capable of winning games. I know, crazy, right? Why does this team only play and win when there's nothing to play for? This shit pisses me off. It pisses me off, too. Um, and, I mean, honestly, that's why, despite Raheem Morris, he's now 4-2, uh, he's not going to be the head coach. Like, I think he will get interest from other teams. But at the end of the day, like, being a schizophrenic team who does this some weeks and then does what happened in New Orleans last week, uh, you know, and you go back and forth between that, that's not winning football. That's not good enough. Um, it's nice to get these wins, obviously. But, you know, we're kind of at the point where it was last year, where it was like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you're 4-7, and seven, who cares? Um, all right, we got uh, Eric Robinson joining us. Eric, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Doing okay. Good, good. All right, hold on. Wait. Are we live? Yeah, we are. Uh, just for some reason your video wasn't showing up. There it is. Perfect. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was just talking about um, this, that how weird of a game this was. That Like, the Falcons didn't really like I, they played well they didn't play like 41 like 34 point margin of victory well though so it was just kind of a weird game but what are your thoughts on that um you know this was easily you know their best game of the year mm -hmm. um you know you know they didn't they didn't put up the offensive numbers um that they did you know like they did against minnesota but again you know granted they were without julio they were without girly so you kind of figured that the the offense was going to be scaled back a little bit. Um, it was it was a win that you want to see from a team after a loss like last week. And I don't know honestly if if Quinn was still on this staff, I don't know if they would have got a win like this. I don't even know if they would have beat the Raiders today, honestly. Um, so to me, this win reflects more on the job that Raheem Morris is doing. Um, he's, 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 you know, giving him an attitude. You know, there's a renewed sense of focus right now. 
Um, and you know, this is this is a total different team from what I from what we saw during the 0-5 start to the season. Um, so you know, kudos to them for getting a win like this. This is an impressive win. This yeah. is not this is not your normal Raiders team, right? Um, and I know we say it almost every year that the Raiders are improving and they're on a the rise, but I really felt it this year. Like this was this is a Raiders team that I mean, they can be playoff bound by the end of the year. Yeah. They get their stuff together, um, but this was this was a really good win. Mm-hmm. It certainly felt good. Uh, also joining us now, Adnan Ikic. Adnan, how you feeling after that win? I feel like the tank is getting screwed up for the third straight year. <laughs> the tank is over after one week. Oh no! Yeah, it's not over. It's just no. getting screwed up. I, yeah. I think they realize they're like, all right, we're not winning any of the last three games, so <laughs> l- let's win these games before that one. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was a very impressive win. I think it was the most complete game of the season that they've played. The other one being the other contender being that game against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But you know this one, they just like the defense stepped on their necks and didn't even let them get some garbage time yardage. Yeah. Like it, re- they resorted to putting in Nathan Peterman in the fourth <laughs> quarter oh, no. because yeah. it was just that much of a blowout. Mm-hmm. What makes me mad though is. I mean, where was this last week? Like, you saw the defense stepping up, playing so well out there, just playing fearlessly. And, you know, the offense, you know, you know we get a dirt cutter, was absolutely terrible last week. But it, it felt like they, they just, like, it felt like they just play scared whenever it's the New Orleans Saints. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's Taysom Hill, if it's Drew Brees. Feels like the Saints just have this sort of mystique over them, <laughs> and you know we saw it on Christmas Eve uh, in 2017. We saw it in uh, on Thanksgiving Day, both of the last two years. We saw it last week. It's like I don't get, it, and it's not just the players; it's the coaching staff too. Everyone is just so terrified of the Saints for some reason, and you know I, I hope that that changes next week. But that's the only, that's the main thing I was thinking when when I was watching this game. It was like, where the hell was this mm-hmm. last week? Yeah, yeah. Because it was like, you know, that defense was balling. Like they were making plays left and right throughout throughout the entire game, and you know, that's just the opposite of what we saw against Taysom Hill last week. And you know, hopefully it changes next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope it changes. Like, if they play like this, they would have dunked on them. I mean, honestly, like, let's let's be, like, real here for a second. Like, this was a very good win. Like, the Raiders made a lot of mistakes, but, like, the Falcons helped them make those mistakes. Like, it's not like the Raiders just spontaneously fumbled the ball. Like, Derek Carr, that was a forced fumble, you know, by Jacob Toddy Mariner. Um, You know, Josh Jacobs fumbled several times because Leroy Reynolds was there, and there were a lot of players punching that ball out. The pick six was, you know, off of a slightly errant throw because of pressure, and Deion Jones was in perfect position to make that play and get it into the end zone. So, like, these were big mistakes by the Raiders, but they were partially forced by the defense. So that is, you know, the defense deserves a lot of credit for those plays. Um, at the same time, like, I feel like the de- like the defense, this was just a lights-out game. Like, this is, this is like a top-five defensive performance. Like, this is what you'd expect... This is what you would have expected, like, the Colts to do today against the Titans. And it was, like, the complete opposite. You know, they got trashed. But, um, like, the defense was great. And we should take nothing away from their performance whatsoever. The offense, on the other hand, it wasn't really that impressive. I mean, they had a short field 
almost it seemed like almost every possession they had a short field and they still managed what two offensive touchdowns three yeah yeah but where are those dirt cutter haters now <laughs> oh having? my god dude I, we're gonna talk about that because i have a problem with that tweet like i have a personal problem with it as you guys know you're right though kevin it wasn't it wasn't a spectacular performance by the offense but what i will give the offense credit for is one the what was what was it a 90 yard drive after the raiders got that second field goal the, the yeah, very yeah. Drive. that that is a drive that this team always needs for mm-hmm. some reason especially late in the games when a, a, their opponent scores how many times have we seen it like man we need the offense to answer and they answered that was the drive where they said all right you guys got the field goal but you know what we're gonna drive many yards. It was like an eight-minute drive too. Yeah. That just killed the clock. And also, what the hell was John Gruden thinking there? It's like a field goal made it still made it a three-possession game, and they were like inside the ten. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe maybe he, you know, well, I don't know. Remember, they went for it on fourth down earlier in the game, and the Falcons stopped him. Um, and maybe he got some jitters yeah. there. Maybe he had some confidence in his defense that they were going to be able to get some stops, but. Again, man, it's just they, they went that that was the type of drive to me that highlighted the game for the offense. Like it right. wasn't they didn't put up great numbers, but the fact that they answered with a lengthy drive, eating up clock, that was a beautiful drive. That's what that's the type of drive that they needed, especially without Julio and Gurley. Yeah, yeah. And and how about Young Way Koo? Yeah, young like, hero coup. <laughs> young Way Koo, like he, he got hurt. And like even on his one like missed field goal, he drew a roughing the kicker, which resulted in, in a touchdown. So it wasn't even technically a missed field goal. Four for four today. He came into this week uh, leading all NFL kickers and field goals made. And I think now he's something like what six of six from fifty yards out. Mm-hmm. And as of now, he's breaking Norm Johnson's single season uh, field goal percentage record. Yeah. Uh, can we say he was the best player on the field again today? <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, it's possible. I think it's fair to say that he's the best kicker in the league right now. It's, he's definitely up there. And, like, if you had asked Falcons fans if that was – like, if you had asked Falcons fans to make a bold prediction, I don't think anyone's bold prediction would have been that Young Way Koo would be in contention for the title of the NFL's best kicker this season. Um, and, like – yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get a Pro Bowl nod this year. I mean, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Um, like, well, it, like it, 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 it's very impressive, um, and that's just nice. Like, it's nice to know that, like, that was a question mark hitting the season, and the Falcons have figured it out. Like, they have solidified the kicker position for the next head coach, uh, and, like, that's nice to have. Like, not having a kicker controversy or kicker problems. Like, it reminds me of the Matt Bryant years. Like, just... To not have to worry about that is just nuts. Like, it's just a nice thing to have. Um, this team has been so good at, like, just finding any kicker, like, whenever they yeah, need one. Yeah, it, it even goes all the way back to 08 with Jason Elam, who was a pro <laughs> bowler in 2008. Yeah. Then when he starts sucking, we bring in Brian for, like, a decade. Yeah. And, and then even Giorgio Tavecchio had that great, like, run. Yeah, just, like, and, when we absolutely needed some random kicker to come in and be okay, he was. And then he was terrible the next year, but, like, you know. Yeah, but but then we brought in Youngway Koo after after a stint with uh, Brian again. And it's like Koo was cut from the Chargers a few years ago, yeah. I remember yeah. it. And he was an AAF MVP. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's, well, that's always Well, not technically, nice. that, that, that team right. never ended, but yeah, yeah he was like he the best been. player in the AAF. Yeah, yeah, so that was really impressive. Uh, got a donation from Guy Fieri. Uh, Solaire has informed me that it is Solaire that is that is Guy Fieri. So Guy Fieri slash Solaire, $30. Thank you, brother, for that donation. Uh, but uh, this, he says, I have a feeling Morris sneaked over to Gruden's hotel room and replaced his play sheet with cutters. Hashtag Dave Meat. So yes, uh, shout out to Dave. Me appreciate that. Yeah, and th- thank you, Solar. We appreciate that, brother. <laughs> you know, I wanna, I kind of wanna give a, a tip of the cap to Gruden because if you if you understand football, you know how to read between the lines. He trolled the Falcons all week. Okay, he did. You no, know, he came out and said that they were the best three and seventeen he's ever seen. That's it, it, you can look at it as a compliment, but for me, that was an uppercut. Like he he was throwing. And then for him, for the Raiders to go out and get Tack and Vic Beasley, you know, and sign them to their practice squad or whatever, that was another troll. And then he come out and they get punched in the mouth like this. You know, this is um, this is a game where the Raiders, the Raiders needed this game. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, they did. Um, mm-hmm. Because they played the Chiefs hard. They probably should have won last week. They should have swept the Chiefs. And this is a game that they – kind of walked in sniffing themselves a little bit. It, it feels like just a customary letdown game because you yeah. played the Chiefs so hard on Sunday night right. and you just had the rug pulled out from under you on that last second Kelsey touchdown. Right. And then it felt like they just came in and they're like, all right. They weren't like fully like prepared. They also had to like travel to the East Coast uh, to face this Falcons team, and you know, you could tell like they just weren't completely ready. But nobody like expected them to lose this game by like thirty-seven points. And you and you, you can't say they overlooked the Falcons. They got the Jets next week. They're not. Who, who are they overlooking the Falcons for? This is right. They just, yeah. To me, they just simply walked into this game thinking like, okay, I think we got this. We're good. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like I don't necessarily blame people for like not taking the Falcons seriously, but I mean, it's not exactly like wrong to say that the Falcons are the best three and seven team this year. Like they probably are. Um I mean what, I mean what kind of compliment is it? Like right. Like, I, I imagine a coach saying, man, this is the best two and ten team I've ever seen in my life. Like what kind of compliment really is that? I don't I I took it more as like okay. And he he's you know he's throwing jabs. But it is what it is. Yeah. But that three and seven team that he thought so highly of just smacked this team by thirty seven points. Yeah, I mean, he got crapped on, so <laughs> it's not close. Also, it's wild how Derek Carr just, he, he was so good coming in. Like, he was so efficient. He had, like, a touchdown-interception ratio of, like, 19-2 to 2 or something crazy yeah. like that. And the team just, like, you, you know, I mean, I was wrong. I, I came into this one. I was like, all right, Carr's about to dissect us. He's going to light us up. But yeah. you did no such thing. Like, the pass rush got there. The secondary played well. I mean, Aguilar was just nowhere to be found. Nelson Aguilar had some really good games this year. Darren Waller was shut down. Like, it was just the complete performance. But the only thing I ask is that they, you know, do it again. You know, it's you can't expect them to, them to hold the Saints to six points. Right. But, you know, just look better than you did last week. Stop Why playing not? afraid. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, to me, this to me, this Raiders offense is a is a more skilled offense than the Saints, in my opinion. Simply because I feel the Saints are so, I mean, they're so dependent on, you know, Thomas and 
Um, got it slipped my mind. Camara, uh, yeah, Kamara. yeah, 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 they are. Depending on Thomas and Camara, where you know this this Raiders offense, I believe, of course, they're better passing offense. They are they are able to hit you vertically. They have more weapons, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So why? I I don't I don't feel I fear, well, I, and I use that term loosely. I feel the Raiders' offense more than I fear the Saints' offense. Honestly, even with the healthy breeze on the field, like that that state that Saints' offense does nothing to me. Yeah, you just, yeah. You just have to be aggressive, and 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 then pointed out like they were not aggressive last week. They were really tentative. Yeah, you, I mean, well, it's like this like how they beat the Raiders today was the the formula for how to beat the Saints because they shut down Josh da- Jacobs like Jacobs basically got nothing I think he had like one good run all game uh they shut down the run game early and they made the te- they made the team like like they they made the team totally one-dimensional and like Derek Carr crapped his pants I mean he was bad like he had a few nice throws but like I mean it was it was bad the pass protection broke down the Falcons were able to get some pressure uh, and like just the Raiders, I mean, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. So that that's part of it. Uh, it was just a really bad game from them. I pointed out in the preview how good of a season Derek Carr was having. This is definitely his best season so far at this point. Uh, coming into the game, he was six in quarterback rating. He was fourth in passing DVOA and fourth in total QBR. So he was having an elite season. Like, yeah. This was- not just oh he's playing well for the past two or three games. No, Derek Carr has been playing lights out all year, and yeah. this was the one. This is easily the worst game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean we finally. I mean we. I think we all knew Derek Carr isn't good. Like he can only keep up the charade for so long. Like <laughs> I, mean, I think he's good. I, I think, think he's, he's turning the corner a little bit. I think he's okay, but that's what he is. Like I think he's okay. Like. I yeah, think I've it, never liked Derek Carr coming into this year. He had that good run in 2016. He did. He was legitimately but, good in 2016. But and then it's he got like hurt. The past few years, it's like okay, like he's been efficient this year. But I, I also feel like it, it's been more like John Gruden, like tailoring this offense to have these, you know, those little short intermediate routes for him. And, they, and they've been battling injuries all year too. You know, Ruggs was hurt early in the year. Brian Edwards was. You know, they were pinning a lot on Aguilar and Renfro and Waller. Yeah. Um, but they were still able to put up points in, in an efficient manner. But um, yeah, this is I, I. You know, I. I still. I still think highly of Derek Carr. I still think this is a. This is a great year for him. He's putting up great numbers. He just. He just got blindsided today. He did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. By that elite Falcons defense. That elite hashtag Falcons defense. Uh, all right, so we got two donations to read. Uh, so from Michael Zurich, got a dollar. Thank you, brother, for your support. We appreciate you. So Ooh. Michael says, uh, this game, to me, just puts it out that this team can win these games, but they also don't. Also, why does it look like Ito runs even harder than Gurley? Also... When did Adnan become a Ryan hater? Oh, did did Adnan become a wait, Ryan wait, hater? No. I don't think I'm he's a Ryan, Ryan hater. I don't I don't think so. But anyway, I have to read this because you know I'm contractually obligated. Uh, Adnan <laughs> used to be my favorite Falcohol, but Kevin is more powerful now. So yeah, take that, Adnan. I've surpassed you. Oh, he just added that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm obligated to read, you know, the message. So yeah, no, I, I don't think Adnan's a Ryan <laughs> hater. I don't think I don't think I don't think I'm a Ryan hater. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I, I've been saying that Ryan's getting older, and he's, you know, and we probably should look toward a 
quarterback of the, of the future if we have a chance. If we have a chance, yeah. But yeah, yeah. If, I, don't I, I mean, if we're like there. talking, if we're picking top five, how many opportunities are gonna? Well, hopefully not many. Hopefully, you won't get many opportunities to pick top five to set yourself up for the next decade. Right. Real, real quickly, Tyreek Hill just backflipped into the end zone for a touchdown. That was, oh yeah. Like he stood at the one and literally hit a, bat, a standing backflip into the end zone. Yeah, it's been that kind of game for the Chiefs right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? All right, all right, hold on. What? <coughs> all right, Guy Fieri. A.K.A. Solaire. He says, We saw the Shabinator today. Could this be his last appearance ever? I wish we get to see Hall of Fame game Matt Schaub again. That game was a masterpiece. Take the victory shot, Kevin. And I have obliged. So thank you, Solaire. And then I foolishly told people in the chat that I would finish the bottle if they paid for the cost of the bottle, which was $20. Uh, and Big Daddy Land has paid $20 to see this happen. He says, you know what you have to do. So, like, give me a, give me a chance to, like, I'm going to do it over the course of the show so we can actually get through the show. Okay, is that fair? Because um, Kevin's going to be passed out by the end Because <laughs> I had several during the game, too. So, you know, we got to be careful here. We got to be careful. But, uh, yeah, I promise by the end of the show it will be empty. Um do, do my chaser here too real quick don't worry guys kevin's not driving anywhere no no i'm home i'm home you guys can see in the background i've, I've got my playstation 5 box you know strategically placed in the background here so you guys can see it but uh, okay that's what that's what i'm getting into after after the uh, the game today trying to pick up a sponsor or something <laughs> yeah sony hey sponsor us man get get the chat get the chat some playstations man i'm all for that i'm all for that <laughs> yeah you guys know to hit me up on twitter i can help you uh, i mean I, I can help you a little bit get one uh so you know I have I have a few things you can do maybe to help your chances of getting a PlayStation. But. I'm interesting. I'm interested in knowing the negatives that you guys took away from this game. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I talked about it a little bit when I was doing my solo. So, Adnan, do you want to take the first shot at that? I mean, the offense wasn't completing drives. Still, it's like sure they put up. Uh, you put up 43 points, and it's you know a crooked score, but it's like you know. There's a reason why Young Wei Ku attempted four field goals in this game, and uh, three of them. Excuse me, I think he he attempted five field goals in this game, and four of them came from inside 40 yards. Like this team is still struggling to complete these drives, and I get it. Julio Jones isn't there, but it's still it's still not looking good for Dirk Cutter in the offense. And you know we have a tweet to to uh, talk about in regard to Dirk Cutter a little later. But also the run game, uh, Brian Hill really had the opportunity uh, in this game to really take that starting job, you know, by the neck or, you know, that future starting job uh, because Todd Gurley has been out in this game. Um, he didn't look he didn't look very good, 3.4 yards per carry. Ido Smith looked better than him. Yep. And it it goes to like ask like why hasn't Edo Smith been giving been getting more run this season? Like I, I understand he's had concussion issues last year, but before that, Edo Smith was looking he was looking really good. Like Edo Smith runs really hard week in and week out whenever he has opportunity. He looks like someone who was taken on the third day of the draft and who knows that he that you're not guaranteed next year in the NFL. Yeah. Whereas, like, with Todd Gurley, I'm not saying that Gurley doesn't run hard, 
but you know he certainly ha- he certainly doesn't run as hard as Ito Smith from what I see, and you know Gurley was out this game. The run game was looking you know exactly the way it looks with him. I, I still don't know why we paid him six million dollars to be a short yardage guy. At Red the end of zone drives. weapon. I mean <laughs> that, that only works when you're like inside the five, and we don't. Right. We don't get there very often. That's the problem. I mean, my guess is that Dirk Cutter was like, look, I'm so bad at red zone play calling. I need a running back that's like automatically going to get me touchdowns so I can somehow prop up my god-awful red zone efficiency, which was 28th in the NFL going into this game, by the way, folks. Uh, So 28th in red zone efficiency. It's like there is no reason to bring Gurley back. Uh, going into next year no like. no there's not i mean like if he's willing to sign like a really cheap deal to be like yeah, a short, like, like like a one or two million dollar sure, deal but... like i mean i i pay that i pay one to two million for Gurley, but like just to be your short yardage weapon and that sort of thing he's a good pass protector but like he doesn't he doesn't really offer you like enough to make him your bell cow like he just he's doesn't still, he's still 26 he is he's still re- relatively young he yeah but but it's 26 wow. with like the knees of like yeah. a 36 year old yeah right yeah i mean to me it was like look like dirk cutter like cracked the bed in the first half that was a shameful play calling performance in the first half and like i mean god damn like what was it a third third and nine screen to brandon powell and like a when they were on the edge of the red zone to keep that drive going and it's like what the hell man like I know I slander Brandon Powell. I'm like, Brandon Powell must have read the tweets because he scored that touchdown. That was a good play. So good on you, Brandon Powell. That was a good rap. But, like, um, I, I just – this is not – you don't design your offense around goddamn Brandon Powell, man. You just don't. Like, it doesn't make any damn sense. So I, my, my problem with the play calling was – and it was the same as last week, and it's, it was the same that we've seen on multiple times this year, man. How many times did we see – where Matt Ryan was literally holding on to the ball till the very last second, like the very last second. Yeah. Because, and the reason he was doing that was because he's slow developing routes that are being called. He's waiting for receivers to get open 12, 15 yards down the field. And you don't need that always. Defenses are already looking for that anyway. They're looking for you to attack deep with the offense. Why not take advantage and get the underneath? I mean – Whitley is great after the catch. Hurst is great after the catch. Why Why are we sending them 15 yards downfield <laughs> and make them turn around and wait for the ball? Like, come on, what are we doing here? Like, it's just, this is this is easy football here. I don't... Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a, like, I tweeted that out during the game, like, and Megan, you know, mentioned it too. Like, where are the slants? Like, who the hell doesn't use slants in the modern NFL? Like, that's like the easiest chunk play. And, like, it was even more egregious last week when the Saints were just double A-gap blitzing, like, on all these third downs. Like, there's no way to cover a slant. If if the linebacker is in blitz position in the A-gap, he can't get depth to cover a slant. Call a damn slant. I I want to – let me see some drag routes with Calvin. Anything. Let's get the corners running laterally. You know, that's – it's just – it's something. You know, I – This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. 
We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Also, the Dirk Cutter, and we remember one of the staples of the Kyle Shanahan offense that worked so well in 2016 was utilizing your running backs in the passing game because mm-hmm. Coleman and Freeman were just like just mm-hmm. terrors through the air as well as on the ground. Mm-hmm. Today, the running backs totaled four receptions for 10 yards, and this isn't a one-off. Like, the Falcons just never get get the running backs, like, into the game plan, into the passing game plan, unless it's, like, one of those short two-yard, like, drag routes that Matt Ryan has to throw, you know, mm-hmm. because pressure is all over him. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it feels like Dirk Cutter is just punting that entire, like, aspect of the game away, whereas it, it'll make your... Your offense way more, way more versatile. You know, there's it's an added dimension to it where the defense has to focus on the running backs. Whereas now the defense is like, all right, we don't need to like worry about the running backs as yeah. as much. Yeah, even getting Gurley yeah. going on screens, right? Help us. They don't even do that. They just that. don't. Yeah, they don't. It was. It's so weird, right? So like. Last year, Devontae Freeman, I think, was like the most targeted running back in the NFL in terms of passing attempts or something like that. Like he had, I think Freeman had like almost 50 receptions last year. Um, And that's with him missing games. And like the running back pass is all but gone from the offense. Like, I don't know how you look at 2019's film and be like, you know what the problem was with this offense? Targeting the running back in the passing game. Sure, it's not as efficient as targeting a wide receiver, but you know what it is more efficient than? Running the ball. So yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't get it, man. And, and they were they were able credit to the offensive line. They were able to get some holes open late. Um, but going back to what was said earlier, you know, Brian Hill. Um, you look at his numbers; they were they were fairly solid. Um, but he got a, he got a lot of his work in the second half. He was real tentative on, on a lot of his runs early, you know, and it wasn't because. You know, he had defenders in his face. There were there were two or three occasions in the first half that I can come up with where he he had a run lane, and I can see he has a run lane, and he's tiptoeing. You know, yeah. hit it hard. Yeah. You know, Ito hits. The one thing I admire about Ito, he's what five nine, maybe two oh five, two ten, but that guy runs like you know the power back. Um, he hits the hole hard. And, um, that's why Ito, a lot of Ito's runs, he doesn't get touched until he's at the second level because of his ability to burst through the hole. Yeah, And I, I needed to see that from Brian Hill. I didn't see that today. Um, so that's something that he definitely needs to improve on going forward. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you, yeah. And, like, I, I thought Ito actually ran well, particularly late in the game. Um, I, I've been on record as thinking that Ito's probably our second, best or maybe best running back now. I mean, I've been on record as saying he's the second best. I guess maybe I'm saying he's better than Gurley at this point, but like... Um, he's definitely the best catching back. Yes! And like, he's been so underutilized this year, and it's really sad. Um, because I, I think of all the guys the Falcons have on the roster, like, I think Brian Hill is a solid backup running back. 
Like, he can be yeah. a solid... Like, if, if Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, Brian Hill would probably be, like, an 800 to 1,000-yard back if he was the right. starter. Like, because right. Kyle Shanahan can make any back that's at least quality. Into, like, and, and Brian Hill is fine. Like, he's a fine running back. But he's not going to create what's not there. Like, he's that running back that's, like, a C running back. Like, he's good enough to be a starter and with a good offensive line and a good scheme. To, to be good enough. But if your scheme sucks and your offensive line is like below average at run blocking, like they're not awful this year, but they're not good. So like below average to average at run blocking, like he's not going to be good. He's not going to be good enough. He's going to average, you know, three yards a carry or whatever the hell they're averaging, you know, three and a half yards a carry, something terrible. Um, I think Ito is like a step above. I think Ito's almost like a B, B minus running back. Like, especially in the passing game, I'd say he's even closer to like a solid B plus. Like, He's very shifty. He's quick. Um, his vision isn't always the best, but I think it's like good enough. So like, I, I like Ito a lot better for this offense where you have a bad offensive coordinator and a bad scheme because he's slippery enough to sometimes make stuff happen if the blocking isn't there. He's not like Saquon Barkley or some of these guys that can just kind of make something out of nothing. I mean, Saquon was getting thousand yard seasons with the disastrous Giants offensive line. So like, yeah, and Solari, you know, it's a good point that Ito had those concussion scares. I'm super happy that he's been healthy this year and he's had a chance to kind of get back on the field. But, like, yeah, um, it, it's, like, of all the running backs on the roster right now, I think Ito has the best chance to have a serious role going into 2021. Um, Quadri Olsen came again on the damn field. <laughs> I mean, that was always a weird pick, right? Like, he was kind of like, he was a guy that was kind of like a seventh priority free agent type of grade from the sources that I followed. I didn't watch his film personally until after he got drafted. But like, um, you know, like he was a guy, like the Falcons drafted him because of his character. Uh, and his story is honestly, like his story is really good. You should, if you haven't read into his story, it's really special. But like, sign him as a UDFA. Like, you don't need to spend a premium, like fourth or fifth round pick on this guy. Like, He's a short yardage back, um, and he's not really special in any other way. And, and that's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, hey, we're paying $6 million for a short yardage back this Well, year. yeah, I mean, look, it was for the Todd Gurley, you know, connection. We we all agree that Todd Gurley was a PR signing, like 100%, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's to sell tickets during a season when there's no fans. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I do need to read a donation real quick because I, before I forget, uh, George Costanza, $5. Pour one out for our draft pick selection. Yeah, yep. RIP top 10 pick. No, we're going to get it back. We're going to get it back. Don't worry. Um, I mean, we're going to drop that far. We'll probably drop to – well, the problem is we have that strength of schedule, which we lose ties with every other team except for like two. So yeah, Just like last year. That's just like last year. Yeah, year. exactly. So uh, that's it. Also, everyone take victory shots. Adnan can't. He's a he's a conscientious objector uh, to the to the to the victory shots, and I respect that. I respect his decisions. Uh, I can't speak for Eric. You know that's up to him. Uh, a victory shot for what? For the victory. <laughs> we have four wins. We got four wins, buddy. Why for am the I taking a shot? <laughs> I don't know. For the victory, he donated five dollars to see you take a shot, Eric. I no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a. It's all right. I'll do one. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have some chocolate milk. I'm drinking. There you go. I'll, Adnan, I'll take a yeah, shot of that. There you go. In, in solidarity, Adnan's there with us. Yeah. You're still a bad team. Like it's not. There's nothing to it. They didn't clinch a playoff spot. Eric, we have a chance to go nine and seven this year. Yeah. God damn it. 
Stop it! <laughs> Look, Eric, if they add the eighth playoff seed, okay. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You're still not going to make it. I got to get through this bottle. Hold on. This is getting... And you know what? I, I wanna, while we're here in this oh. moment, man, I want to give... I definitely want to give a thumbs up to AJ Terrell, man. That guy oh, today, he, everybody, everybody was throwing daggers at him after he gave up that long pass to Henry Ruggs. And after that, I think he may have allowed maybe one catch that I can think of. Um, they tried to test him again on the post route. He was there on top of Henry Ruggs to make the pass break up. Uh, he made a couple tackles on um, to, to prevent long gains on Ruggs and on uh, Waller as well. Hell of a game by my AJ, man. That He's, he's yeah. growing up. Yeah, that's a good point. AJ Terrell did have a great game. Um, yeah. I really respect that. You know, he got... He got beat on that deep play, uh, but honestly, he was in good position. Like I, I didn't really ding him for it. I mean, he he timed his jump a little bit off, but he got rid of it. Yeah, yeah. And like after that, he was lights out. I mean, he played really well. Yeah. But that's the that's thing, guys. Like, I know everyone thinks that like cornerbacks can are just elite and just stop everything, but they don't. Like quarterbacks get beat every single game. Like it's right. gonna happen. Like don't judge a quarterback. Like the human intuition is to just judge guys on bad plays, but like corners have to just get over it and move on to the right. next play because it's going to happen against good teams and, and in the nfl there aren't really any really bad teams i mean That's the jets a lot, of, yeah. a lot of coaches and scouts look into that when it comes to you know scouting cornerbacks they see that a player gives up a big play but what they what they focus equally on is how does he respond after that it's the same thing as playing a quarterback position yeah yeah the quarterback may throw an interception but how does he play after? Does he come back and lead his team on a scoring drive afterwards? Then if that's the case, you can wipe plays like that away. So that's why that was crucial for me, for, for Henry, you know, for him to, to allow that big pass to Henry Ruggs. But after that, man, it was lights out, dude. Like, forget the national championship game from last year. He didn't allow that to happen. He gave up a big pass. That was it. So they tried to tell him, and they, they started throwing away from him later in the game. Yeah. All right. This is the last one. Empty bottle now, folks. You still taking shots? Well, they somebody paid me twenty dollars, man. I, I said I would do it. That was stupid. I agree, but like the the bottle was only like half full, so it's not like it's that bad. But all right, that is empty now, so you guys can see I'm a man of my word. Uh, next next time, I'm increasing the price, though. Okay, like I, I I understand that maybe it was too too easy. So they're four and seven. Yeah. I mean, look, at this point, I'm doing it, you know, to keep the show going, all right? Like, this is this is for the show at this point, so. <laughs> That's almost like moral victory behavior to me. Like, it's, it was oh, a fun we'll game. Be. I mean, I'll give it that. Like, it was a fun game. They won. Did you enjoy the game, Eric? Did you enjoy it? I did. Okay, I did. good, good. They got shots for it. Like, they, got, they still got smacked. They got smacked last week. They're still 4-7. They probably going to lose next week. I don't know. I'm just that guy. I'll be that one guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't celebrate yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like, look, it was a moral victory. You're 100% right, Eric. Um, and, like, it's fun. Kels, I, I don't have another bottle. And if I was going to do finish a whole bottle, it, it would be more. Like, the only reason I even said that is because it was, like, half full. But, you know, maybe next time, okay? Next week, we'll, we'll leave the door open. If you guys want to pay me money to take shots, like, that's fine. But... <laughs> I'll, I'll take a shot if they beat the Saints next week. Okay, Eric will be Eric will I'll, get in on it. Yeah, that is worth taking a shot. Okay, beat yeah. Me. So there we go, guys. It's on the record. Eric will take shots on stream if they beat the Saints next week. So 
<laughs> yeah, forty. Yeah, it, Kel's like, I, if I had another bottle, brother, and you wanted to pay me forty dollars, sure. But I don't, I don't right now. So do, if you want to pay me forty dollars, you know, that's fine. But like, I don't have a bottle, so like, it's not gonna work this time. As so. of as of right now, might as well go and put that out there. As of right now, the Falcons are tenth in the draft order. Okay. So still, they they dropped three spots, and um, the teams behind them. You know, San Francisco is winning right now. Denver's losing. Um, so they'll so Denver will probably hop them. Um, Minnesota won, New England won, Chicago still has to play. So they're fine. They're top ten. They may drop another spot or two. But how fun. many games outside of the last playoff spot are we though? I have to look that up. I think we're honestly I don't think we're that far off. Like two games back maybe. <laughs> Uh, if there's that, eight, if there's eight, that eighth spot. Yeah. Hey, you never know what could happen. Look, if there's an eighth playoff a spot, wild right, 2020. anything could happen. It's a okay. wild 2020. <laughs> that would be the perfect 2020 ending to this season. Just like the Falcons sneak in with like a seven and nine record to the playoffs I or something stupid. Love giving the people false hope, man. Look, if I can't give them real hope, Eric. Okay, so false hope is all we have. That's false hope I'm is here. all we have. What, that's to, I'm here to balance out the show. While you guys are giving false hope, I'm shooting false hope in the head. Saying yeah. it that's okay. That's okay. That's that's what we got a good back and forth. You know, like I can be the guy that's you know had like six shots tonight, and like I can be overly optimistic. You can be the realist, and Adnan can be the mediator. You know what I'm saying? A little bad team. Yeah. Plain is- yeah, plain is- yeah. I mean, look, they're four and seven. Like it is what it is. They're four and seven. Like they got blown off the turf by the Saints last week. They blew off the Raiders this week. That's nice. You know, I'm oh, glad yeah, they blew yeah, off the Raiders. Like, I'm glad they did. But every game from here on out, we're yeah, not four, four and seven, but we're one and zero oh this week. <laughs> Dirty birds are back, Adnan. Dirty birds are one back. one and zero oh this week. It reminds me of when uh, in 2014 when Mike Smith printed out one and zero oh shirts. Oh my god, D- they freaking printed shirts last year too. Do you remember that? What is the F F R y'all something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it was stupid. Like. How about you get a winning record before we start printing? Like I think they, I think at the time they were like one and one, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we beat the Eagles in week two. Hell yeah!" Like f all y'all, you know, like no. You don't. The only shirt I want is when you win the NFC title. That's right. the only shirt. Exactly. Like if you get, if you win the division, you could print off shirts. You know, you could, you can hang a banner. You can hang a banner for that. Why the hell are we printing out shirts halfway through the season? Right. But remember after we beat the Eagles and then uh, they were all dancing in the locker room at one and one last year and then they proceeded to lose their next six. Yeah, well. I'm kind of hoping that same happens to the Saints. <laughs> I hope so, brother. Like, look, I will always stand the Saints suffering, okay? That is the universal truth of Falcons fandom. But, yeah. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Like, at this point, they're four and seven. Making the playoffs you- is like a 1% chance. If they yeah, add an eighth playoff seed, anything is possible because that has never happened before. Honestly, like even the seventh playoff seed has never happened before. So like we are entering a statistically unprecedented season in terms of playoff seeding. So you can kind of throw stats a little bit out the window. But like look, let let's see the Falcons get back to five hundred before we start talking about playoffs, okay? Like, if they get to five hundred, I'll allow it. Okay. If they get to if they get to seven and seven Okay? Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen, but if it does, I'll allow hey, the hey, playoff hey. discussion. If you beat the Saints next week, you get the Chargers well, to get to 7-7. Seven and seven. There you go. I mean, hey. Well, no, that would be 6. That would be 6. Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
Oh no, we're 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 really bad. We suck. <laughs> um, oh no, we suck yeah. again. <laughs> I don't like the game on the road, man. Well, I didn't like this game either, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So if we beat the Saints, then we beat the Chargers, and then we beat the Bucks, we're right back to seven and seven. Why are we? Oh my God, what the? Se- seven and seven, and then we get that date against the Chiefs in Kansas City Ooh, to go crap. eight and seven. Oh my God, I swear, man. I hope. The Chiefs have everything locked up by that game because if they don't, man, that's going to be brutal. Holy hell. Yeah. They better have the number one seed locked up. They better have it. That's the only hope that I will give the Falcons in that game. The Mahomes only- don't want it. Mahomes don't <laughs> want it after seeing this week. He don't want Jacob Twatty Mariner coming at him, bro. Jacob Twatty Mariner's on, <laughs> on the hunt. Yeah. How sad is it, though, honestly, that Jacob Twatty Mariner is like our best pass rusher? Outside of Grady Jarrett. No Grady Jarrett slander. I, I stand Grady Jarrett unconditionally. But, like, yeah, I hey, mean. you know what? Hell of a, hell of a game by uh, Marlon Davis in the day, yeah, too, man. that was yeah. nice to see. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. sure. Like, Definitely. Like, he barely got a chance to play. We don't know if it was – I mean, it was partially COVID, obviously. It was partially that he basically missed training camp with an injury. But, like, he had that forced fumble. He had some good pressure plays. Like, you know, that was he nice to see. Two, I think he had he two pressures. No, he could have had two forced fumbles. The yeah. One they called the yeah, the Jacob one they called back. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a fumble, dude. But yeah. He played well today. He really did. I hope this leads to, you know, him being on the field more. I love – I would love to see the dynamic between him and Grady on that interior, man. I, I think they can give interior offensive lines some trouble because they're both – they're pretty much built the same in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. Stocky guys that mm-hmm. are that – are, you know that their game is predicated on speed and quickness and getting off at, with you know with, with great uh, or having that that quick get get off. So I want to see them work well together. Yeah, and like honestly, like how sad is it? First of all, that like we're complimenting literally every other player. Like Kaminsky had a good game. Yep. Twatty Mariner had a good game. Obviously, Grady Jarrett, my son, had a great game. Um, you know, Charles Harris had some plays. Debo had a great. And Dante Fowler is invisible. Uh, Kevin11, thank you for the sub, man. We appreciate you guys. Uh, by the way, guys, like and subscribe uh, if you don't mind. We appreciate that, too. Just want to throw that in there. But, yeah, like, Dante Fowler is invisible. Invisible, man. It's What, a, what an embarrassment that signing was. But it's uh, not like he's making a lot of money, so it's okay. Yeah, right. He's only making, you know, $9 million this year and $16 million well, next year. Make, he did make that one play, you know, in the fourth quarter when they were up by, like, 30. Right. I mean, let's be real. Like, Dante Fowler, like, he has made some plays against the run in clutch moments, like on some fourth downs and some goal line stands and stuff. Like, I'm not paying you $9 million to play, to make plays against the run. I could go I could go sign Red Bryant for that, okay, for, for vet minimum. So, <laughs> shout out to Red Bryant, by the way. My man's out here getting money. But, uh, His run defense has been... Has been solid. It has um, been. So it's not like Vic Beasley, where it's like disastrous run defense and very mediocre pass rush. So was Vic active today? Vic Beasley? I don't think so. I didn't. I, don't, I didn't see him. On I don't think so. Yeah, I, he was like an intel signing, right? Or was he on the practice squad? I think he's on the practice squad, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, he was the. He was intel. It, that, that intel did not work. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Vic and Tech for like tanking that intel. Shout out, guys. Uh, that was not good. 
Oh man, I love that. Let's get the last laugh. You yeah. signed him for what? For what reason? They didn't do anything for you. I mean, you I guess what? with Tack, they put him on IR, so maybe they're like, maybe we can just like get a leg up on re-signing him for cheap next year or something. But like, you still gotta play. What the hell are you gonna re-sign him for? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's he's a former first rounder. It worked and, out pretty well for the Falcons with Charles Harris, right? I mean, that that's been a solid. Hey, for Charles seventh, played. He was at least on the field. This right. guy can't even get the damn field. Yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah, signed by his third team and immediately gets put on IR. Well, what the hell? What are like, we doing here? All right, just... so Jake Gunner has sent in, sent in a comment. He says that you realize that Fowler is better in a 3-4, right? Well, the Falcons signed Fowler to play 4-3 edge, okay? I don't I do not do 3-4 defensive end versus outside linebacker versus all this BS. Zayzay544, thank you for the, the sub. I appreciate you. The Rams defense is not a primary defense. They play some 3-4 looks, but so do the Falcons. Like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we need to stop yeah. thinking about defense in terms of 3-4 versus 4-3 because people play yeah. base package so rarely that it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like, yeah. um, So, like, Fowler was signed to be a 4-3 edge. That's what he was signed to do. Um, so He was drafted to be one, too. He was drafted. Well, yeah, Jacksonville, he was drafted to be an edge as well. So, like... He needs to perform as a 4-3 edge to justify the signing. Um, So I don't really care if he's a better 3-4 outside linebacker than a 4-3 defensive end. He needs to play like a 4-3 defensive end to make that money worthwhile. And at this point, it's not happening. I'm willing to entertain the suggestion that a better coaching staff could use Fowler more effectively. At this point, however, he has been bad. So... Like, they're getting play out of, what, Kaminsky and Twatty Mariner, so why can't Fowler produce in the same system? That's my question. Because I don't think, and I think we're realizing that, and I think we realized this before the year, Dante Fowler is not a lead ace when it comes to Edward. Like, he's not – you can't really rely on him as being the number one guy on your team. Because if that's the case, yeah, then you're in trouble. I think he's more of a complimentary edge rusher, right? Pretty much the same thing that we kind of felt about Big Beasley, but they tried to make Big Beasley beat the guy. But I think Fowler's in that same boat. If you're you're in a situation with their scheme, the way that you know edge rushers are playing, you know they're they're playing primarily both sides throughout the game. I don't think he can be that guy unless he has that complimentary piece across. From yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, they need like a number one pass rusher. This, yeah, this might be the year. This might be the draft. This might be the offseason where they need to get their guy, their lead. Even if it's a rookie. Yeah. They need to get their lead pass rusher. Yeah. Because Fowler's not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Adnan, I don't know if you had any takes on that whole Dante Fowler being invisible situation. or. No, oh, no, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, just going just gonna to confirm what we said. I appreciate that. We got the backup from Adnan here, okay? Uh, but yeah, guys, I mean, like, Dante Fowler's he's got to start playing better. I mean, the Falcons can't cut him, so we need him to play better, plain and simple. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much an indictment of him. You know, he's never, I don't think he's ever going to live up to this contract, and that's, that's Thomas Dimitrov's fault. But um, can the Falcons get someone? Like, maybe they swing for the fences with, like, a Gregory Rousseau, you know, and maybe Rousseau turns out to be a number one pass rusher. Ooh. You're you're a Miami stand, right, Eric? So what do you think about yeah. Gregory Rousseau? I mean, I know he's not playing this year. I love I love Russo. Um, but you gotta keep in mind when it comes to him. The guy he was recruited to Miami as a safety. He was a he played receiver and safety. 
in high school, his last year in high school, last couple of years in high school, receiver and safety. First year, he redshirted. So that was the year for him that put on that weight. Second year was last year, last season, where he just was, you know, incredible. Um, but they used him a lot um, on the interior, especially on, on pass rushing downs. Second and long, third and long, they slide him on the interior where his length was a trouble for centers and, and guards with short arms. Um, so he's still a baby to the position. And then, of course, this year he didn't play at all. So he really only has one year of legitimate legitimate competition as an edge rusher, legitimate experience as an edge rusher. So he's still a baby. Yeah. Which true. means even if the Falcons draft him next year, like – Please do not expect him to come in here as a rookie and get double digit sacks. No, no, he's like a he's like a long term guy. Like I could see Rousseau yeah. being like an elite NFL pass rusher by like year yeah. three. Um, yeah, and like if yeah. I was the Falcons, like I, I would do that. Like I would take that pick as yeah. a top ten pick. I'm not, I'm not saying don't take him because if, if you want to take him and and you know he's been getting for some people from some you know credible draft prognosticators. There, he's showing flashes of Miles Garrett, of a Nick Bosa type edge rusher, where you know he's literally unguardable one on one. He yeah. has that potential. He does. I mean, I, yeah. And if they want to get him, I don't mind it. I, lo- I would love right. to pick. But I mean, he's if, like, if you could mold somebody from clay to be your pass rusher, man, he is that. Like, he is beautiful. Yeah. Like, the kid is already, the kid is already 6'5, 260, with yeah. like a seven seven one wings oh yeah it's 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 ridiculous like i mean he's like physically a prototype of the of a of a top five edge rusher he just like we didn't get to see him this year and it's a real shame um this has what 12 games of (laughs) it's not much it's not much but like what we've seen is awesome so like Mm -hmm. i can only hope that he's been really grinding this this season while he's not been playing putting in work you know maybe working with some coaches or with some some consultants or somebody to keep refining his technique the thing is we just don't know like there's no way for us to know uh so that injects the risk into that pick so i do know a couple of canes insider guys and you know i guess you know he's still he's he's been working out a lot yeah yeah work on the west coast um so it's not like he's just sitting on his hands at that situation but this is this is really it would be a, a, a raw mode of clay if they were to draft him, but yeah, we'll see. It I, would I would want, if they were to draft him, which is fine. I would want them to have a plan B. Like, yeah. please don't draft him <laughs> and let him be that plan A. Like, okay, we got our guy. Twenty twenty one could be so difficult because we don't know what the cap situation is going to be. Like, oh, yeah, like no, that could, is that could it? Yeah, is it 175 million and it's a nightmare and like we're having trouble finding a like 53 players to play? I doubt it. Like, I don't know, man. I doubt I, they're gonna I, let that happen. I don't know, man. I I think it may be. I, I think that cap's gonna get lower in the offseason. and I, I'm I'm anticipating that more than anything. Man, like I I don't think like this is like off topic, but like can they allow? hundred and five can they allow a twenty five million cap decrease to happen? Like what would happen to the NFL? Like, half, the hit like it did this year. I mean but that's what I'm saying. Like what can, the NBA can teams did, take the hit? The NBA was supposed to take a hit like that. And what they did instead is they like escrowed it. They like yeah, yeah, bar- yeah. borrowed it from like future years. Right. 
and uh, they made the cap the exact same as it was the previous mm-hmm. year. So I'm pretty sure the NFL is going to do something yeah, like that. that. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is like, I don't think for competitive balance and for the good of the, the league, they can allow a $175 million cap. Because the Falcons obviously are like one of the teams that's in a, the worst possible cap situation. Like They're, they're going to be right up against it, even if the cap stays the same. If the cap goes to 175 like... 30% or more of the teams in the NFL will be over with like 30 players signed to their roster. Like we're not we're not talking over by a few million. No. We're talking unprecedented numbers. The Saints like, and like the the Eagles would be over by like 100 million. Yeah. Like like 50, like 50 or 60 million would be the average. Right. Like I'm not <laughs> sure they could get under the cap. Period. Yeah, uh, like, uh, that won't stop Saints fans, Saints fans from saying, "Oh no, it's Mickey Loomis." We'll somehow do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would never count out Mickey Loomis because I'm pretty sure he uses like voodoo or something to go back in time and like change the deals yeah, that they sign. They but... have a Damn that! I don't care what anybody says about Mickey Loomis. He's not going to overcome that shit. No, He's but not... like, no. That's what I'm saying. Like the NFL has a love affair with the Saints. They would never allow the Saints to like have to blow up their entire franchise to field 53 men. Like if Breeze is walking out the door, Breeze is done at the end of the year. Oh yeah, not, he's retiring. Not, no, no question. There are 100 million, you know, in the, behind the cap, dude. Hell no, that yeah. team is going to fucking freeze. There's no way, dude. Mickey Loomis ain't that good. Yeah. Um, For you. Yeah, so like I definitely want to get to a few topics because we're at an hour now. So we appreciate everyone for tuning in uh, and staying with us for this extra long post game because we got a lot of topics. Um, and I appreciate all the donations. Like honestly, guys, thank you so much for your support of the show. We really appreciate you. Uh, even if it's contingent on me drinking alcohol, I'm willing to fall on the sword for my fellow hosts to collect those tips. Uh, so thank you guys for your support. We really do appreciate you. Um, I'm next week, man. I'm yeah, there. Eric's Eric's in next week. He wasn't prepared this week. We're going to be prepared going forward. So that that's a promise. But yeah, if they beat the Saints, Eric has said, it's going to be shots. So we, we're ready. Absolutely. Yeah. So Falcons, it's on you now, Falcons. So that that's on you. Um, but yeah, uh, we did, uh, just want to remind guys, if you don't mind throwing a like at the video, we really appreciate that. It helps folks on YouTube find the show. Uh, and also, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, that'll give you notifications every time we go live, and it helps us with our numbers uh, to keep track of how many people are tuning in on a regular basis. So we appreciate that as well. Thank you for your support. Um, okay, so we have a question real quick, and then I'll get to the Kelsey Conway controversy because everyone keeps asking about it. So uh, I'm going to address it. You know, it's going to be not probably as spicy as people maybe hope, but it, you know, I'm just going to address it in a, in, in a certain way. But. Um, we had a question from Viograph56, longtime viewer. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, so he asks, are we still, the Falcons, he's saying, the most attractive coaching spot, even with Detroit open? And Adnan, I feel like we've been ignoring you, unfortunately. So why don't you answer first here? Uh, what do you think about, with Detroit entering the mix, are the Falcons still the most attractive coaching opening? Yeah. I mean, I don't see what's more. The only thing that would be more attractive about Detroit would be uh, they're not as up against it with the salary cap. But, you know, Detroit, I don't think, is a more talented team than the Falcons. Like, you know, they have a quarterback, uh, Matthew Stafford, and I'm looking it up. Matthew Stafford is 32 years old. He's going to be 33 next year. Uh, You know, I still think Matt Ryan is better than Matthew Stafford um, 
and you know with the Falcons I think you have more more talent on the defensive side of the football with the Falcons just because you know the the team the defense doesn't put up great numbers but you know that that's been a, a schematic issue like the defense has serious talent on all three phases you have Grady Jarrett who anchors it AJ Terrell, Foya Lewican, Deion Jones and this is good young talent on the defense you have Calvin Ridley and surely Detroit also has Kenny Galladay moving forward but I think overall the Falcons are a more talented team than Detroit now that's not to say that you know a head coaching candidate can't fall in love with Matthew Stafford and you know they want to try it out with Detroit and a quarterback who's a few years younger than Ryan but no I don't I don't think Detroit's more attractive than the yeah. Falcons yeah I, I totally agree for for the record Eric do you have anything to add to that um, yeah, I still think they're the most attractive, um, just based on, like, like Anna said, you know, they have enough pieces right now, and we've said this plenty of times before, they have enough pieces where a head coach can look and say, hey, I can win with that roster next year. I can get to 10 wins. I can get to 11 wins with that roster next year. Yeah. Um, so it's it presents more of a win-now formula for whoever the head coach is to be, um, to me, and it, it presents the more – the closest win now situation. Um, yeah. You know, look at Houston. I know Houston has Deshaun, but that defense is going to be, I mean, that, that division is going to be good for the next few years. Man. Titans are not going anywhere. Colts are not going anywhere. Um, so at least with the Falcons, you're looking at a couple of teams that could be making major transitions next year. We're talking about the Saints and possibly the Bucks if Brady hangs it up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and the Panthers still don't have their answer yet at quarterback, and they're still trying to figure things out. So, again, it's, it presents the best win-now situation for a head coach who wants to win. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I think on paper, I'd rather have Ryan than Stafford. And, like, I like Stafford. I think he's a solid quarterback. Like, I think he's clearly above average at worst. Um, he's been hamstrung by Detroit in the same way that Matt Ryan's been hamstrung for the last two years by Dirk Cutter. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I think the Detroit Lions is like a solid opening, but at the same time, I, I don't think they're as talented as the Falcons are, particularly on offense. Um, I think the Falcons have a really good core. And like at this point, we know Julio is, is fragile. Um, and that's just what you have to deal with. You know, that that's part of it. But when he's healthy, he's still a firm wide receiver one top 10 mm-hmm. guy. Um, Calvin Ridley should be a wide receiver one. Like, I think Dirk Cutter has not been able to adapt to, t- to teams starting to double him more. I think Calvin Ridley could be a wide receiver one in a Kyle Shanahan or some other very talented offensive coordinator's offense. Like, they need to move him around. Like, stop lining him up at X every single time Julio Jones is out of the lineup. Like, put him in the slot, for God's sake. Like, Kyle Shanahan would put Julio in the slot and he would feast don't give uh, opposing Shaquille defenses what, what oh sorry i didn't hear you what you say Shaquille did the same thing yeah Sarkeesian was... in his first year 20 yeah. well yeah in 2018 mm-hmm. Sarkeesian lot and i remember i because i actually looked at the tweet a few a few months ago but i remember his rookie year um coming out of alabama i think he he gave quarterbacks when he was targeted on drag routes out of the slot I think quarterbacks had like 146 QB rating with yeah, him. 
So Sarkeesian knew that, of course, because Sarkeesian worked with him before in Alabama, and he put him in that situation, put him a lot in the slot, just get the ball in his hands and let him run after the catch. So, yeah. So you're right. Cutter's terrible at that for some reason. I don't know why. But right, yeah. So that that's part of the problem. Like, I, I think Calvin Ridley would be a lot better in a good offense. So, like, you've got Julio Jones, who we recognize as fragile. He's a little bit older. But you still have Calvin Ridley, who's like a wide receiver one. So you've got two wide receiver ones when both are healthy. And you've got one wide receiver one when one is not healthy. So that's still good. Russell Gage, I think, is, is clearly a wide receiver three if he's utilized correctly. Like, I, I think he's good enough to be that. Um, and you've got Alameda Zacchaeus, who's probably best as, like, a wide receiver four or five uh, as, like, a guy you can get in there. But, like, I blame Cutter also for Zacchaeus. Like, I don't know why Zacchaeus isn't the next man up no matter what. Like, no matter who is hurt, Zacchaeus should be playing. Like, he is clearly the, the most talented wide receiver of Blake, Zacchaeus, Powell, everybody else like he is clearly the best receiver i know he didn't have a great game today but like he is the best so you need to play this man as the next man up no matter who goes out and cutter is stuck on this stupid system where he's like well blake is julio's replacement and zacchaeus is calvin ridley's replacement and powell is russell gage's replacement so if one of those guys gets hurt then we we change those men out no don't fucking do that all right play zacchaeus because he's the best it's that simple. Do it, or you're bad. And we know Cutter's bad, so he's gonna do it. But that—that's my, you know, take there. Like I think Zacchaeus absolutely deserves to stick around. I think he's a solid fourth guy. Um, I would never be against a team spending day three picks on wide receivers. Like I think you, and same thing with running backs. Like take shots every single year at finding guys late. Teams always find guys late. There's so much wide receiver and running back talent. Guys slip through the cracks. Use that scouting staff to find those diamonds in the rough. Guys you can develop. Guys that are a little raw. Guys that maybe are hurt and need time. The Falcons can afford those risks. You can, Since you have Julio and Ridley, you can afford to take risks. You can, you can draft a top guy that's hurt and let him sit for a year and then have an elite guy next year. Like You can afford these things. Just take the shots. This is a pretty deep receiver draft as well. You know, yeah, yeah. At the top, you got a couple guys, you know, like Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, but it's not really your transcending wide receiver class. But it is one that you can you can find a starter in the fifth round. Honestly, it's it's that deep. So, and remember, they're going to have what ten picks this year, maybe eleven, given how comp picks play out. So, they may be able to take a shot in the fourth or fifth round and say, "Hey, let's get a guy right here." And let's start grooming him for post Julio. I agree. I agree. Hold on. I got to respond to the Saints fan in the chat. Why is there a Saints fan in our chat? Rent free, baby. Rent free. Your, your team is playing right now. <laughs> right. Like the Falcons just dusted somebody and you're here to like talk shit in the chat. Like, come on, brother. Like, it's, it was acceptable last week. Okay. I understand. That's fair. That's fair. Rent but like. Free, man. You rent free. Why don't dude. you watch your team play? All right, like your team's your on team right up, now. Your team up your seventeen right, right, now, right now, and you're on a falcoholic show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the views, brother. Thanks for the views. Like and subscribe. That'll help us out. You know, if, if that Get makes yeah, own us, own us with your subscriptions and likes. So, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, uh, so one more team. Oh man, I'm gonna come here. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, you don't care. You, we sorry. The Falcons are trash, but you on a falcoholic show when your team playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's 
that's uh that's funny but yeah thank you thank you for supporting the show brother we appreciate you we appreciate you get those get those clicks in um all right <laughs> we got one more donation today from george costander aka our benefactor five dollars brother thank you so much again for your support uh, last donation for today. Okay, I guess that's fair. That's fair, but no, just kidding. You're good, brother. Uh, off topic, but there's a bigger NFL shitting the bed moment when they banned all the Broncos quarterbacks and then make them play the Taints. I don't want to hear shit from Taints fans about how the NFL hates them. Free win. What a joke. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, they were willing to delay that Ravens game with Lamar Jackson out because the Ravens were, you know, basically missing half their team. But they're going to force the Broncos to play with no quarterbacks. I don't understand that. Like, you the, need- only, the only thing I can understand is you got to realize, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people realize, this is a crucial part of the year because yeah, yeah. team team buys are over. Mm-hmm. So reshuffling games is really hard. It right is, now. yeah. I mean, they're going to have to add, what, like week 18 or something at this you're point? Gonna have to have another, you're going to have to add another week right now. So – you know, pushing a game off to Tuesday or, or Thursday or whatever, that's tough in its own right, let alone canceling a game or postponing a game for another date. Like, that is super hard right now, man. And you got, I mean, you got a team like San Francisco. San Francisco may not even be able to play in their own stadium. Like, that's <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's a bad situation. Like, no sugarcoating. Like, uh, yeah. you know. I get, I, I get the frustration, but at the same time, it's like, man, the NFL is really handcuffed right now. They are. Yeah, and I mean, like, honestly, like, I, I, at this point, I'm just thankful that we've gotten as many weeks as we can. Um, right. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen over the rest of the season. You know, uh, I'm not going to say anything political, but, like, you know, I wish we were doing better with COVID. I wish that this wasn't a problem. It is a problem. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens over the rest of the season. I hope it's okay. But, like, I think you have to be consistent in what you do. And if you're going to allow the Ravens a chance to – delay their game you should allow the broncos the same privilege um look play on wednesday like i I don't care like give me football every night of the week i'd be happy with that like i I know you know it's not ideal but we're we're past the point where there's any ideal solutions you know Uh, damn well you know damn well if they postpone that game till wednesday you know damn well the Saints are going to complain and they got to turn around back on sunday and play and and fly to atlanta and play the problem right you are I mean, yeah, I'm I'm here for that personally, but you know, this is this is non-biased. Like, there's not an ideal situation. It's either you add a week eight, you maybe add a week eighteen. I don't care. Like, I don't I don't think this is fair to the Broncos. No, it's 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 not it's not fair to make them play. But like you just said, like there's really there's really not a whole lot the NFL can do right now, and people think. The NFL can just snap their fingers and the game is delayed for a week. Like, no, man, you gotta. You're talking about, you're talking about the logistic standpoint of games being adjusted, having a stadium at a certain time, you know, having players. You got to keep in mind, like, like you just said, there's no more bye week, so you can have a, you can have teams playing two games in the span of four days. Like that's that's tough. All right, that's really tough. Um, so it's really not a whole lot the the that the NFL can do. I think the best thing, like you said, the best thing that they can do at this point is to add another week. Yeah. I, I think that's the best solution and it's not ideal, but um, yeah, that that's my thought. That's what I would personally do, but because, okay. So what if you add a week 18, right? And let's say a team postpones two games, then what? 
and they they will only be able to make up one of those games during that 18th week, right? So what about that last one? Like, I mean, right. and what if that one missed game ends up being a tiebreaker for a team? Right, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can skip the game. I don't think that's reasonable. So, yeah. Um, all right. Before we've gone pretty late, so I want to wrap this up. Before we get out of here, though, like people keep asking me about the Kelsey thing. So, like, this is what happened. All right. So, like, Kelsey Conway, Falcons reporter, uh, long, you know, been with the Falcons for several years now, tweeted out, you know, I think it was after that Brandon Powell touchdown, actually, uh, yeah. that, you know, where are all the dirt cutter slanders? And, like, they're all still here, first of all, but, like, right. you know, so I responded, like, this is not a good take. Like, dirt, like, Every time Dirk Cutter has a good play, you're rushing in here to defend Dirk Cutter, and it's like that having a couple good plays a game does not make you a good offensive coordinator. Yeah. So then she came back at me with a tweet that I personally was very offended by, um, talking about how some people have mailed Dirk Cutter's family death threats and shit like that. And that, like, let's just full stop there. Like, do not do that. If you do that, you are a piece of shit, okay? Like, do not send coaches death threats. Do not send coaches family or friends or acquaintances death threats. That is completely out of line and over the top and ridiculous. I've never once on this show or in any form advocated for treating a football coach in that manner. This is a game. We need to keep it in that context, okay? Now that that's out of the way, she also said, you know, some other things like, you know, we need to respect Dirk Cutter because he's an established coordinator and, like, you know, he was good what? today and all this. Like, so there's a lot of problems I have with that tweet. The main one was that do not lump my perfectly valid criticism of Dirk Cutter, which is completely non-personal and totally football-focused. I've said many times I think Dirk Cutter seems like a nice guy. He seems like a nice person. I have no personal problem with Dirk Cutter. I have a problem with his play calling and his scheme and his tendencies and the way he runs an NFL offense. So please do not lump my valid, statistically backed criticism. What's that? Is that what you said? What? Is is this what is you, this your reply to her? My reply or? was basically that. Like, please do not lump me in with death threats. Like that was her reply to me. Was like. Not everybody's making a death threat. No, yeah, like there's I'm, like three people that probably sent death threats and they're probably sociopaths. So like, I don't have anything to yeah. do with them. No, like none of us at the Falcoholic have said that. We just no. said he's a, he's a terrible damn play caller. Now, respecting him because he's an established play caller. I mean, it depends on what you want as far as <laughs> respect. Right. Like, I mean, I'll acknowledge that he's an NFL play caller, but that don't mean... <laughs> that doesn't I give you respect. Play. Adam Gase is an NFL play caller, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to say that they're yeah, good. They're yeah. good. So, in the yeah, exactly. Like, And that's what I'm saying. Like, If you want to stand Dirk Cutter or shill for the team because that's what you're paid to do, that's fine. Like, I get it. Like, You're you're working for the Atlanta Falcons. I totally get yeah. it. You have to be positive yeah. about the team. I have no problem yeah. with that. I understand that. It's a job. Right. But you don't don't do not lump my valid criticism in with death threats that is way over the line and inappropriate first of all second of all respect is earned it's earned in football it's earned in business it's earned everywhere else if you do not perform you do not get my respect i don't care how many years you've been an offensive coordinator i don't care what your title is you earn my respect that's plain and simple yeah i get her approach to it all because like you said you know she gets paid by the team so yeah she has to i get it it's that's a fair job like i think my thing where a comment like that comes into play is that it shows to me that 
throughout the midst of the team, the inconsistencies that the team has shown on offense, it shows that she's slightly overlooking that. Like she's only looking at the positives, which is not really that many positives for this team to hang their hat on this year. Yeah, um, it's not. It's hard, even with the neutral stance, it's hard to look at what he's doing and what this offense is doing and saying, oh, okay, they'll be fine next week. Oh, see how they're see how established <laughs> how good of a play call. No, he's not that good because yeah. what happened last week? Let's go back to last week. Right, like read the room, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't need tweets apologizing for Dirk Cutter's play calling. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, will, I would understand. I will understand if you know the team was, you know, actually putting up points in yards and he was still getting slander. I can get that, but it doesn't. You can look at just this year. Go back. You actually, like I just said, go back to last week. Where was this play calling last week? It wasn't anywhere to be found. No. Go, yeah. go back against Chicago, that fourth quarter, we three nine runs or whatever. Like it's, it's it, to me like you. I get her approach to it and her stance on anything, but at the same time, I mean, you don't have to bash him in the media because you get played by the, you get paid by the team. Yeah, but I feel like you at least have to understand and recognize, like, okay, he's not. Well, he's, he's not good. Play, like <laughs> that good of a play caller. Like that's what we're doing at least at the alcoholic. Right. I mean, it's like Will McFadden, who's who's look. Let me be honest. Like Will McFadden is a writer that works for the Falcons that I respect yeah. a lot. He is also employed by the team. And even he's out here saying, like, there's a problem with the offense and it's not Julio Jones being out. Like, he did. He tweeted that today. And I. He tweeted that today. Like, I I just. Look, like, you can say whatever you want about the team. Your tweets are your business. But do not come after me and lump me in with people sending death threats because that's very inappropriate. And I do not appreciate being compared to that, first of all. And second of all, there's slandering Dirk Cutter. It's not even slander because it's true. I just like to say slander because it's a fun exactly. word. It's a fun word, but like... <laughs> if, if, if I was employed by the team, you know, maybe, I, you know, I can understand, like I said, you know, don't put anything negative on your coaches or your players because you have to see these guys every day. I yeah, get that. Totally. But I, I wouldn't have made a tweet like that because <laughs> to me, like I said, it shows you're not seeing the overall picture of the team, especially on offense. Yeah. While they have, while he is established offensive coordinator, he is an established play caller. Just look at how they played this year, and he's been very inconsistent. Again, you don't have to bash him for it, but at least acknowledge the fact that hey, they really haven't been clicking like, like we thought they would coming into the season. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with the play calling. Yeah, and like, look, part of this is me. Like, a lot of the people that work for the Falcons the Falcoholic site has a good relationship with. And we appreciate that relationship. But it's like that sort of response to my tweet, which is a perfectly valid, and it was it was kind of playful and it was a little bit pointed, you know, like I, I'm a little bit annoyed that you're standing for Dirk Cutter, you know? So like I admit that my tweet was a little pointed, but like, you know, I expect people to have a little bit of a thicker skin than that, if we're being honest. But like, you know, that's fair if you, if you take a little bit of issue with my tweet against you. But like, it's disrespectful to us as a media outlet when you come after like when you when you think that we're basing our criticism of Dirk Cutter on something that's not fair because there have been many articles not just by me though I've personally like authored many of them there's been several very well sourced and statistically backed articles by our outlet 
detailing how poorly Dirk Cutter has been as an offensive coordinator in Atlanta, not just this year, but last year and several other years during his tenure. So you don't even need an article for that. (laughs) Right. But it's like, we have all of this information and the sourcing, like we've done good work coming up with reasons why we're criticizing Dirk Cutter. It's not just coming out of thin air. Like this is a fair criticism. So I guess I think you need to apologize more to the site for for assuming that our criticism is based on nothing but just some kind of generic hatred for Dirk Cutter because it's not. It's based on facts. It's based on advanced right. statistics. It's based on a lot of information. It's everywhere. And it's, I it's, yeah. Even outside media outlets were saying like, okay, this play calling needs to improve. Cutter needs to do this. Cutter needs to do that. It's not. We're not making stuff up. We're no. not saying. We're not trying to bash the guy. We're just saying, as a play caller, he's below average. He is. Not that there yeah. are things that could be better with this team. They could be more, more of a functional offense if he does these things here and here. And you don't need an article, in my opinion, to say that. You don't need an article to understand that. You just need to watch the games. So yeah. again, like I said. If she wants to kill him, I, I, I get she doesn't want to grow. <laughs> yeah, part of I don't expect her to. Like, I don't. Like, at least, at least someone that's also on the Falcon staff that's a writer is looking at this and saying, "Hey, man, you know what? This offense is okay at times, but it can be better." And the reason why is because the play calling is not where it should be. It's not up to par. At least another Falcon writer is acknowledging that. Yeah. So yeah, not yeah. us. That's, that's the, the thing. thing. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like. I don't expect people who work for the team to bad talk the team or write articles criticizing the team. I don't expect that because I know how the business works. Like, I know your job and what you're supposed to do. I don't expect that. But, like, if you're out here defending the offensive coordinator for his poor performance, like, expect to get roasted and expect us to be upset when you try to clap back by associating me with people who send death threats. Like, maybe you didn't mean it that way, but when you tag me in that tweet and send that tweet... That's what it comes across as, and expect me to, you know, stand up for myself and my outlet when you come that way. That's all I'm. That that's that's the end of that discussion, and you know, I just don't, I don't appreciate that, and that's all it is. Yeah. And this wasn't even this wasn't even a game to brag on. No, like I mean, like maybe he, oh they had four or three points. Yeah, seven of them were from the defense, and like the rest were from. I mean, a lot of them were from turnovers. So like, hey, yeah, let's calm down with that. Yeah, two what two or three scoring touchdowns where they had short fields in Raiders ter- territory, and they had yeah. a pick six. Exactly. So let's, we're not gonna sit here. Like I would again, like <laughs> for her to make that statement, like it is it is what it is, but. Like, this is not a game to brag on Dirk Cutter as a play call. Because yeah. if, if you look at the overall scope of things, they won today because of the defense. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And, like, look, like, there's also, like, a bad faith argument here that we're, like, we're, we're, we're rooting for Dirk Cutter to suck or something. And, like, I don't think she directly referenced that. But we're not. Like, we want the team to be good. I would rather not be frustrated by Dirk Cutter you know, every week. It's good content. You know, it, it helps the people here tune in. And, like, I appreciate it from that aspect in, like, some way. But, like, I'd rather the team just be good. I'd rather we could spend these shows talking about playoff seeding and, like, who are the potential playoff matchups and, like, oh, what do we need to do to make the playoffs and all this. But instead, we're 4-7 and seven and we're talking about we're, – we're forced to try to come up with topics, you know, for a team that's flailing week in and week out. So it's going to come up that the offensive coordinator sucks. So the site for a minute we would have told you like beforehand like hey getting cutter is not a great idea like, you were <laughs> higher 
Right. We were saying it before he was hired. So this is not something it we're was not like, saying. We were like, uh-huh. oh man, Sark's gone. Oh man, they're getting they're getting Gary Kubiak. Time to get excited. And then it was Dirk Cutter, man. Oh God. Yeah. We were we were on board for keeping Sark. And we pointed out various reasons. So no, we're not sitting here rooting for him to fail. No. We pointed out before, I pointed out beforehand that he excludes running backs. And what <laughs> yeah. is happening? Yep. All right, guys. Yep, we're just gonna we're gonna leave it there. You know, uh, just we could go on and dunk all day, but like Kelsey, like please get your facts straight. Please do not associate me with people sending death threats because that's just uncalled for. Uh, but otherwise, if, you know, if you're watching and she has time, like come on, come on to the show. Let's let's have yeah. a help. By about all this means, show. Kelsey, if you hit the show, if you want to come on, and you know, we would love to have you on. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's gonna be very friendly. We're always very friendly in the show. We've never been rude to a single guest, so um, feel free to come on, um, and you know, we will talk. We'll talk it out. That's cool. Um, you know, I, I assume that the tweet was sent quickly. You probably didn't mean to associate me with that tweet. I recognize that. I'm not like that pissed off about it. I just don't appreciate being, you know, there's no context on Twitter and I don't appreciate being associated with it. And that upset me, but you know, we're cool. Everything's fine. Just in the future, please be careful when you send stuff like that because it does have an effect. Uh, and it upsets people. It upsets me. It upsets our staff. So, uh, at the end of the day, not a big deal. Uh, we still respect the site. We respect the team, but you know, this is where we are. So, Air is clear now. We've aired our grievances. We're good. Uh, so, now, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up the show because it's gone late. We appreciate all, like, 150 of you for staying with the show for over an hour. Uh, it was a fun game. We appreciate enjoying it, all of you, with you guys. I appreciate uh, folks, you know, donating $20 for me to finish bottles of vodka. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, it was a good game. It was fun. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I think I, I think I managed to finish strong, so we're, we're good. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kevin Wood, uh, brother, we, we do this show all through the offseason. So, yeah, don't worry. We, we've we been doing every other week. But, look, if you guys are really into it and you want every week, I mean, if, if you guys are going to tune in, I mean, we'll, we'll consider doing it. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – we'll be doing that. But, um, right, J-Dub killing clicks. Like, yeah, yeah. Give him a few shots the Showtime triples. So, yeah. <laughs> I get real bad at tracking time at that point. But, uh, yeah, guys, we really do appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in and supporting the show. If you don't mind throwing a like at the video, it helps other folks find us. And if you're not already subscribed, hit the subscribe button. Um, it helps us keep track of how many people are watching the show. And it also will send you notifications on YouTube every time we go live or schedule a show. So, once again, guys, thank you so much for hanging out and chilling with us. Thank you for slandering this Saints fan in the chat. Uh, I know I don't even have to say anything because you guys got it. Uh, but, you know, Saints fans, feel free to watch the show. Feel free to show up and talk. You know, mm-hmm. we, we accept all comers. We accept all views. You know, all views are equal access. No, um, man, you're not wrong. No. <laughs> what? Forget you can You can listen to what Kevin is saying. I'm saying Saints fans. <laughs> all Back right. on a Sunday when your team is playing and we're not even talking about the Saints, but you bring your happy ass on the show. You're not welcome. Get out of here. Yeah. Sorry. Look, Iceman T, like, I know you're a Saints fan, brother. I appreciate you. Liking the show, you know, cool. Uh, that's cool. But Eric, Eric does not appreciate it, so I can't speak for Eric. Now it's tainted. It was tainted now because you like the show. <laughs> Eric's out now. He's never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back on Wednesday uh, to talk about this game in a little more detail. We'll be talking about the Saints rematch. Uh, we'll be talking about your questions and draft takes and all that good stuff. And we will be getting to that. Uh, 
In the meantime, guys, enjoy the rest of your football Sunday. We will see you on Wednesday. Uh, until then, guys, have a great night. Thank you for tuning in, tuning in once again, and uh, have a good one. All right, guys. Have-